kind of short, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Rom-Com Dudes. I'm Rom-Com Dude number one. I'm Austin. I'm Rom-Com Dude number two. I'm Carlton. Wow. Just a couple lovebirds in here making some beautiful sounds with our mouth holes into your ear holes. <laughs> one day, we all hope to hear this and we make lovebirds ourselves with this because that's what we're talking about. Um, Camille Nanjani's um, new movie, The Lovebirds. Isa Ray. That's how I decided how to say it, right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the first movie I've ever seen her in. This is a... I think so. Me too. Let me see. Uh, Insecure, The Misadventures of Something, and Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Oh, yeah. Black AF, Photograph. She's in Bojack Horseman. I've seen that. The Hate You Give. Anyways. Oh, The Hate You Give. She's kind of a new... Yeah. New actress on the spot. Well, kind of. 2012, 13. But yeah, I think this will be her first kind of big hit yeah. where people kind of recognize her. She's in a TV show called Insecure. Yeah. Maybe that's most of her know. stuff has been TV. Oh, it's She's an HBO been a pro- show. Oh producer. yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm sure she was like a stand up or something. Actress, I should have looked into those. Actress oh. credits. There we go. Yeah. Um, she's got nominated for two golden globes. Dang. That's pretty cool. Performance for both. Uh, I kind of have mixed emotions about this movie because, like, I was super excited for this to come to theaters. I, I remember talking to you about it. I'm like, hey, we should do The Lovebirds when it comes out in theaters. And then, of course, COVID hits. And then uh, everything shut down. No movies are coming out. Um, I also got to mention before all this, like, it is 90 degrees in Idaho in May, which just never happens yeah. and it is especially so how cold it was last hot. week oh my gosh it was snowing last week yes it was and now it's 90 degrees and so frustrating no i kind of like it I, i'd rather have the heat than snow but we were just talking about how we record this in my basement and then when you walk upstairs you can feel this cloud of heat just hitting you in the face and it's like a smack of just the worst heat wave you could feel on your face because it's like Probably 69, 68 down here. Yeah, it's nice. nice. And then it's like 80 upstairs. <laughs> Anyways, I have mixed emotions because I was like, oh, I'm excited to see this in, Netflix, or in theaters. We should go like together, do our first theater on the spot kind of review. It'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. And I forgot that they are going to do a theater release. Yeah, Paramount was going to release it. And then, like I said, the COVID stuff happened. And here we are. They released it on Netflix. It was supposed to come out in like March or April, somewhere in there. It was supposed to come out in South by Southwest in March. And then I think they were going to release it nationwide in April. And then they were like, okay, COVID happened. Let's just sell it to Netflix, make our money back, maybe make a few million more on top of it, and then let Netflix worry about it. And parts of me is like, well, now I don't have to spend the money. I already have Netflix. We can go see it. We can just watch it. And just review it on the spot and we can release it. Which is, I think we're going to do. I'm not sure if I'm going to release it this week or next week. I haven't decided. But either way, it was kind of cool. I mean, I have mixed emotions. Because it's like, man, I want to see a movie with Carlton. Like, yeah, in the I'll theater. Be... Have, our, have our thoughts right at the beginning. 
we're this is the closest we can do. Yeah. You know, with the given circumstances. But uh and the reason I wanted to do this is because it's directed by Michael Show, uh, Showalter, who directed um, The Big Sick. Oh, okay. And, and it has Camille in it, and we I, we both really like The Big Sick. It's one of my favorite movies of the last, like, five, ten years or yeah. whenever it came out. And so I was, like, really... I was really excited for this movie. And stupid covid you know the world is just in shame not i don't know about the world but america is in shambles right now i don't even like being on the internet it's awful it's really awful because we're in the middle of the uh many what's what's the city where they're doing the the riots and stuff i can't remember anyways minneapolis minnesota is it minneapolis I think so. We're going to sound so stupid. We always do. That's that's our charm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's some riots going around because police officer killed a, a black man, and I'm not making light of that. That's just what happens here in America. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Okay. I'm not going to get political here. Yeah. We're not trying. We're not picking sides. It was, I mean, he got arrested today. Did you see that? The police officer did. But it caused riots, and then COVID. We're in the middle of this COVID thing, and People are now political, you know, politicizing that and creating sides for that. And it's just, it's the worst. Don't really, be online. It's a cesspool right really now. Is. So Lovebirds, you know, for me, it was kind of a bright spot. It was. Something to look forward to in the coming weeks. Honestly, a lot of these streaming services are doing that, right? Like Hamilton got pushed up a year. You know, they were going to release Hamilton theaters in 2021. They yeah. announced it. And then Lin-Manuel was like, oh, no, just kidding. Let's just release it on Disney+. Plus. Hamilton's not making money on Broadway anyways. Let's just put it up. Yeah. And so now we're seeing it on Disney+, Plus next month, which is crazy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Maybe we'll just do a bonus episode on that. Just for fun. Just for fun. It's not a rom-com, but freaking who cares? <laughs> it's not even a movie. It's a play. Yep. It's a musical yep. <laughs> on Broadway. So we're getting a lot of cool stuff like that. And there's now rumors that Mulan's going to be on Disney+. Plus. You know, we got the Lovebirds. Uh, HBO Max is getting a few comedies from, from like, uh, that they were going to release in theaters, but now they're just going to put on HBO Max. And and we're getting The King of Stanton, which is the Pete Davidson movie. They're oh, just okay. going to release that on VOD. So there's all these movies coming out that were supposed to come out in theaters. And, and I think... It's exciting, but it's also kind of sad for people who love going to the movies like I do and yeah. a lot of other people who listen to this. But I don't know. It, Hollywood will move on. People still want to see content. Yeah. You know, they want to see movies. They want to see television shows. So we'll see what happens. This is the Lovebirds. <laughs> I just wanted to I preface this, you know, with all this because Lovebirds, I think, is one of the first to do this of course there's like frozen 2 came out early because of covid and i think there's a couple more that came out early because of of covid onward onward oh that was a big one mm -hmm. and so i don't think the lovebirds is like on everyone's mind it's not onward but yeah. i think it was number one on netflix for a while so that's kind of cool they do that top 10 now yeah. you know i think it was number one for like a day yeah but do they categorize that just overall I think so. Okay. I don't know how it works. I Because Camille retweeted saying like, hey, we're number one on Netflix. But when, when I checked, it wasn't number one. So maybe it was just like a day or maybe yeah. a certain region or something. I don't something. know if like, yeah. Because Avatar was 
number one for a while. Yeah, which makes sense. It's a really, yeah. really popular thing, and they brought it back. I don't know. I don't know the answer. So The Lovebirds, uh, directed by Michael Showalter, written by, there's a few writers, but Aaron Abrams, Brendel Gall, um, and then Martin Jarrow. Uh, I re- I like this movie. Me too. I, I will say it's, I think it's going to be forgettable. Yeah, I agree. Um, it reminds me a lot of Game Night. Did you see Game Night? I didn't Night? see Game Night. It, it was a, very similar to Game Night. I think Game Night's better. But this movie, I think, held its own. And I honestly, it makes Michael Showalter like one of my top kind of directors to watch lately. Um, because he, I don't know, like he's only done a handful of movies, like three or four. But he, he helped write Wet Hot American Summer. Um, he did The Big Sick, you know. Uh, he's also done <clears throat> Hello, My Name is Doris, which is kind of an indie darling at the time, and The Baxters, which I've never seen The Baxters. doesn't look anything special, but I remember Hello, My Name is Doris. Like, I, di- I didn't see it. I didn't end up seeing it, but I... I want to go back and watch it now. Anyways, he's a director that I'm kind of keeping my eye out for. He has a, I think he has another movie coming out this year, which is pretty crazy. I think he's getting jobs too because he probably makes cheap movies. Yeah. And he can do it on schedule and he does these comedies. Um, I do want to say, before we go into the movie more, um, COVID though is starting to feel like it's the death of studio comedies. You know, like studio comedies would be like, uh, American Pie, right? Oh, okay. Like they used to be on top, right? They were making so much money. Um, the Wedding Crasher, those kind of movies, but now like they're they're just gonna release them on VOD. We feel I feel like, and then these big tentpole movies like Marvel movies or uh, Tenant are gonna like they're just gonna push those back. They're gonna make money, and I'm kind of nervous that movies like The Lovebirds or like The King of Staten are just gonna start being dumped, and studios aren't just gonna make them anymore, which is kind of disappointing, you know? Yeah. I still like seeing comedies like Game Night. Game Night's amazing um, on the big screen, but The Lovebirds is a unique rom-com, right? Like, it's not super action-y, but it's pretty action-y for Mm. being a rom-com. Oh, yeah. Um, actually even says like action, comedy, crime, mystery, thriller. It's like the best way to describe it. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I really like it. Me too. Yeah. Do you have, I I think my biggest complaint, I think it's going to be pretty forgettable, but the chemistry between Issa Rae and Camille Nanjani is really great. Yeah. And their comedy meshed really well. Cause I just like, I love his timing and I don't like, I don't know how much of this is improv, but it feels the way he presented lines and the way that they kind of landed a lot of his lines felt similar to the big sick. Yeah. And even a lot of his standup, which I really enjoy. I just like, I don't know what it is like just some of the, the things I, I can't even think of a good example. This is some of those times I wish we were taking notes. Cause like that. So at the beginning of this film, you see them kind of have their, they get together like at the beginning, they're going on a date mm-hmm. and it's just showing kind of this. It's like their first date. Yeah, their it's first date. very early in the relationship. And just kind of shows like this this blossoming relationship and then it jumps five? Five four, years, I think. Four or five years. Yeah. Five years. And they're having an argument and it's so funny. It's so funny. And way... it looks like they love each other through this argument, but yeah. like by the end, you actually see that they don't love each other and it's worse than if it looks like. Yeah, because they're getting ready to go to a party or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And this the the 
because the the argument is in a sense relatable because it's kind of a silly thing that they're arguing about yeah and any couple kind of experiences that where you was it about their clothing or there's a few things because there's something i had to do because she was talking about the amazing race and he was making fun of reality shows oh and, and she's like you're a documentary and she, he's like that's not a yeah that's not a reality show it's reality yeah and i thought oh okay so this reminds me of this i was listening to another podcast i'll shout them out as slash film cast and they were talking about this very same subject on there they're like what's the difference between a documentary and like reality television and the main host is a doc he makes documentaries and he was just like documentaries are real life like reality shows producers mindle in them and kind yeah. of uh, make characters more likable or more hateable, but documentaries like they they keep it real, and I'm like, well, they can also manipulate people by editing and yeah. kind of asking certain questions. But I agree, like, yeah, I mean, that's another topic we can we don't have to talk about right now. But I thought it was funny they brought that up. That is funny. <laughs> and then it, it brings up another argument, like where Camille's or she asks, uh, her name's Leilani. She asks, uh. Like, why don't you ever show me your documentary? And he says, I do. And then he's, she says, well, it's been months. He's like, it's not ready. <laughs> Can't show it. It's not ready. You know, and that's like an argument that spurs another argument and so on. And they're just arguing yeah. for like 10 minutes. And then, because the way the argument kind of escalates to is because he calls her shallow. Yeah. And then she calls him a failure. Yeah. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of it. She kind of jabs at kind of his work. Mm -hmm. And then he jabs at her for their wanting to go out and do these different types of things. Yeah. Um, and so they break up. Yeah. They're like, so we're done? Yeah. And she's like, we're done. They, they're in an Uber when this happens, right? No, this is in her car. Oh, they are in her car. Duh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, this is when, like, the action starts happening because he, because they were looking at each other. I can't remember the thing, why he's looking over. Cause something else is said a little bit after what we just talked about happening. And then he hit the bicyclist. Yeah. So I wanted to bring a couple things up. Uh, so kind of interesting. I feel like Camille Nanjani is the new, like rom-com lead. I feel like he's been in a few rom-coms lately. And I've been thinking about that. I wrote that in my notes. I don't know. Oh, not, I guess he's not the rom-com lead, but he is this, like, studio comedy lead lately. Like, Stuber, Lovebirds, you know, The Big Sick. And he was been... I guess he's in Doolittle. I don't know, but... He's a voice in Doolittle. He's always, like... like He's the comedy relief man right now. Like, yeah. he's in a Marvel... He's gonna be in the Eternals. Yeah. This this fall, if, if it comes out. <laughs> but, uh... And he'll probably be some sort of comedic... Oh, I'm sure he will be. Because he's funny. Yeah. And also quite in shape. Yes. As for this movie. I think they did it for... I think he got in shape for this movie. But... Because I would love to wash my clothes on his six-pack. <laughs> I've seen... We've all seen the picture. We've all seen it. I'll post it on the Facebook. <laughs> you guys can put the little heart emojis on him. What about you? Would you wash... What kind of clothes would you wash on his abs? Any clothes. Any clothes? I'd wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wrote before we go to the action part is 
This is really what I wanted to bring up. Do rom-coms today have to have extensive action scenes to work? Like, if it's going to be successful, does it need action? Because I feel like a rom-com either has to be this kind of action, like Game Night. Game Night was really successful. So does it have to have these action scenes, or does it have to be a high school comedy? I feel like those are the two that we're seeing that are rom-coms lately. Is the Joe Rogan one? Not Joe Rogan. Seth Rogan. That's not his name. Yeah, Seth Rogan. Seth Rogan. He's he's. It's not a rom com. It's just a comedy. It's called like the Pickled Man or something. What happens is he's a pickler and he pickles himself. This was a real movie. I'm thinking of oh, uh, the one he did with Charlize Theron. Yeah, there's some action in it. Is it? Okay. I don't know. I guess that's a good good example. But that one didn't do very well. Oh okay. I don't know if the Lovebirds would have done well or not. Yeah. Right. It's I. It was supposed to come out in like March, April, kind of against Mulan, I guess. So I think it would have done okay. I don't know. I think the reviews would have carried it a little bit. Yeah. Because it got pretty good reviews on Rotten Tomato even. I think like a 66 or 67 or something. Somewhere in the 60s or 70s. But uh, I don't know. I I guess I can't answer that question with this, but I feel like those are kind of the romantic comedies they're making. Yeah. Are uh, ones that are kind of action-heavy or high school that's interesting but it makes sense like when you kind of evaluate the few romance did that what happened did it cut out are we good i think so hello hello signal hello yep okay (laughs) i hit the mic probably won't cut that out you guys get to hear behind the scenes there we'll definitely dip it out or we'll ruin people's ears so um okay something to think about yeah i think as time goes i think we're at that point though is was we've been talking about this for years i think it's about crazy rich asians i think that's a unique one because it was the first real studio driven asian film to come out maybe in a very long time that didn't feel like making fun of asians yeah so i wonder i think like the asian community kind of came out to see it and it got amazing reviews um I think I liked Crazy Rich Asians more than this movie. Oh, yeah. But I was just trying to think. I'm just No, I know what you're saying. saying. It's something, I don't know. I guess you're, you're right. But then you look at Netflix and all, all the romantic comedies have to be with high schoolers. That's they don't true. make romantic comedies for adults. That's true. That's interesting. Um, and then I saw, there's a movie called Everything Everything. I don't know if it's a comedy necessarily, but it was like high school based. Um. There's eighth grade, which isn't, there's no, not a lot of romance, but there's a lot of comedy. And then you could kind of make an argument at the end or a boy and a girl start liking each other. Oh, okay. You know, but I don't know. Just something, something to think about, I guess. Yeah. Something to ponder. It's, it's our, like, I feel like it's our goal to figure out why romantic comedies aren't being made anymore. And I think people, the tropes are too similar, probably. Yeah. You know, I felt like, though, this movie did a good job, um, to kind of come back to Lovebirds, is, uh, did a good job of kind of figuring out, like, they break up at the very beginning. So, like, most of the movie, you're thinking, like, are they gonna, they're gonna get back together, right? Like, yeah. But it's also kind of cool, they have that conversation later. Like, we broke up. Like, we're not together anymore, and then, you know, the ending, of course, they get back together. Yeah. But... Real, real interesting. 
Very just wondering, like, could it be a romantic comedy without them getting together? Like, would it would it fall under that? I think so. Okay. It's called The Lovebirds. They, you know, it's I'm just still... I'm talking about in general, like romantic. Like, could it still could a movie that that falls that seems like it's romance based? They're just comedy, but they don't get together. Could you still classify that as a romantic comedy? It's Five Hundred Days of Summer, I guess. Right. That's true. It has. That's a good example of yeah. that. Uh, I'm sure there's other Juno. If we're gonna do Juno, I've somebody was talking to me about doing Juno, and well, I don't, yeah, they don't get together. I don't huh? think they do. They're they they're more friendly than Five Hundred Days of Summer, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm sure there's a handful of examples. Uh, and like, because Juno breaks a lot of different molds, just in general of yeah. what the main storyline is, anyways. That's true. Um, so. Going back to the lovebirds, they they are driving to this party and they hit a, a cyclist, kind of like on accident, but mm-hmm. not really. Kind of, no, it was. It was an accident because they were. He wasn't paying. He wasn't looking at the. It road. was the bike. Yeah, the cyclist wasn't paying attention, and then this guy comes. Oh no, he they hit him the first time, and then he drives off, and that's when I had that thought of like, do rom coms today have to have a, a, extensive action scenes to work? And then I put bike car chase scene. Oh. The action scenes aren't very good in this. Like, they're really choppy and oh, yeah. kind of missing a lot of information, I feel like. Showwalker? Show, show Showalter. Showalter isn't, I feel like that's not a strong suit, it's action, which is yeah. fine. But uh, it gets the point across. But they, they are chasing the cyclist. Yeah, so what happens, the, the thing that's missed there is, um, so he goes to see if he's okay, uh-huh. and the cyclist kind of is all dazed, and he gets up and he keeps going. Yeah. And they get back in their car, freaking out, and then some yes. guy comes in and is like, I need your car! I'm a police officer. Police officer. I, I, I need your car, I'm chasing this man. Yeah. So they're like, okay. And then they start talking to him. A lot of comedy going on right here. Yeah. And they find out he's not a police officer. <laughs> no 5 and hero. <laughs> yep, because he chases down the bicyclist and runs him over. Runs him right over. And then he runs him <laughs> over a second time. And then a third time. And I think like a fourth time. Because I think... Yeah, I don't remember. I didn't count, but Camille's face the whole time. He's like, I don't think he's a police officer. Because that's in the trailer. That. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that line. So they run. They run. The police are. They call him Mustache, is because he has a mustache. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, and one of the things that happened is, I because it's kind of important information for the like story, is. When they check on the bicyclist the first time, he leaves his phone. Yes. And uh, Leilani picks it up. Mm-hmm. And so when the guy gets out to check on the bicyclist, you see him like ch- kind of checking his pockets and he gets his gun out. Yep. But then they hear police sirens and he takes off. Yep. So then two people show up and they're like, you guys murdered this man. And they're like, no, we did not. We did not murder this man. He, there was a man with us. He ran him over like five times. It was not. But us. what's great about it is Camille's trying to be like this honest guy. He's like, well, I did hit him, but not oh, for right. this thing. That's right. And that's what kind of gets him in trouble. They're like, you they, hit him. Cause yeah. it happens a few times and it works out great. I think they do a good job of it where they kind of are both explaining the situation. And it's both like really like, this is one of those things that I wouldn't surprise me if it was a little bit off the cuff to some extent. Uh-huh. Cause just the rambling and it happens three or four times. Where yeah. They do this. A lot of times in their car, I feel like it happens. Uh, there's, I think the restaurant scene, they do a really good job. Uh, kind of going back and again, they just have good chemistry. Yeah. And I wrote that in my notes. I'm like, 
They the the two be the the chemistry between these two are amazing. Is what I wrote. Chemistry. Yeah. yeah. I can't read my handwriting sometimes, but. Oh no! Where did I drop? Oh, it's a Lego piece. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they run. They book it. They're like, "Crap, we're in trouble." And then they're trying to figure out what they should do next. Camille's like, "His name's Jabron in this." Jabron. Jabron's like. Should we call the cops? And Leilani's like, and no, we just ran from the crime scene. I think this is at the restaurant, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's getting dark. Yeah. And then uh, they're still supposed to go to the party. And so the friend calls. There's like, a, this is a pretty long scene. They're just kind of going back and yeah. forth. What should we do? What should we do? Friend calls and says, hey, um, do you want to come over for are you going to come over for dinner still and they're like oh we got some things and then they they pull out the phone and they're trying to figure out like how like how do we get in this phone let's you know guess some codes is this before the bros in the apartment Mm -hmm. okay so are you sure no i'm not sure actually now they think about it i think they go to the apartment i might i hit the cord i think did i hit the cord nope okay Okay. they might have gone to the bros first are you gonna look it up yeah Okay. Lovebirds. This is our waiting music. Hold on. I'm going to sing something. Lovebirds. Isa and Camille. They are lovebirds. They are going to kill. But they don't. They don't kill. They're lovebirds. Tweet, tweet. It's not funny, Carlton. Um, okay, so they flee the scene, wants to turn in, because Leilani, one of the things she says that no one's going to believe their story, right. and racial profiling is probably yeah, going to happen, because right. he's, he's Middle Eastern, and, and she's she, black. She's black. So then Oh, they... so here's what happens. This happens before. Dang, I don't remember that happening first. So then they... they see a google calendar thing to meet Ooh. up with edie yes yes at the at the bar yeah. that's the coolest bar well this all takes place in st louis or in in uh it is st louis but it's uh new orleans oh, okay kind of a cool location like they don't it is. We, they don't use new orleans in movies very often especially in a movie like this i don't know why they use new orleans and sometimes they don't use it well enough but this bar is very new orleans looking oh, yeah. which was pretty cool it's a cool bar that's right. They go to the bar to meet up with this chick. Because they don't know what to do. So Yeah, it's the only clue they really have to kind of figure out who this yeah, bi- a, bicycle guy was. Because a lot of what they're kind of going back and forth and is going to the cops or do they... I think this early on they're like, maybe we should solve it. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's always kind of the back and forth, a lot of this, at least this beginning part. So yeah, they meet up with Edie, Edie. who is, what's her name from... Anna Camp. She's from... She's in Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. So yeah. From. And she's playing kind of like the southern girl, southern belle of yep. a girl who I think is like, she works for the governor. Yeah, she's like the like the governor's assistant, but not. She's like, the or the mayor. I think it's a mayor. She's like the mayor's um, campaigning manager would be like the best way to describe who she is. I don't remember that. So she she is like, hey, follow me. Yeah. So they go and they follow her to the stable and they get beaten up. 
and they figure out like they want these pictures. Yeah. And Camille and, or Jabron and Leilani don't. Do they have the they don't have no. the pictures, but they're saying like they know. have no idea what's happening. Yeah. So, but because they had the phone and they knew the location, that's where the suspicion for the Edie character comes yeah, in. So Edie thought he was the bicycle guy. Yeah. Both of them. So then they're kind of like asking questions and beating him up a little bit. And then they, like the mayor's masked. And that oh, was... Okay. Because yeah. that, the little, later on there's like a cult. Yeah. A cult. It's like a, it's a orgy. <laughs> like... I think it's a cult still. Yeah, it's like a cult orgy yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's only for high up important people yeah. like mayors and governors and rich people. Okay. So um, they show the pictures saying like we've got blackmail. You kind of learn that later on. Like this, these pictures are just blackmail yeah. to figure out what. Because you find out more about the pictures when they go to the, the frat yes. place. Yep. Um, and so they like are torturing them and... Uh, yeah, it's he a gets fun kicked scene. by a horse that no one would survive. That. Yeah, not, and, not just walk away bruised. At least, and it's never like he's kind of like, oh, I got hit by a horse. He kind of makes it as a joke, but like his acting is not showing that he got hit by a horse. Besides the scene kicked. where they changed their clothes. Yeah, ex- yeah, except for that one time, which yeah. is so romantic. So, because one of the things that gets him, so we keep talking about this frat boy part is as they're kind of um, escaping from these people. I want to um, say too, like before we move on. Uh, uh, Anna Camp, really amazing in this. Oh, yeah. She, uh, the actress who played Edie, she did a really good job. Um, and that whole scene was very, I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think it's, if you've seen the trailer, it's all, most of that is spoiled in the trailer. Yeah. But like, uh, I think it's funny that either bacon grease to the face or get kicked by the horse, but he doesn't know it's kicked by the horse. It's like behind the door. But it, the whole comedy in that again it, it really well done this movie has just like one comedy scene to another comedy scene to another comedy yeah. scene it's kind of like a hero's journey mm-hmm. mystery small scale yeah it's like the best way to describe it so they get the pictures they not, get out of this oh they do no they not i don't think they get the pictures yet so because what he oh, ends up getting he is he gets the address the address she has like a piece of paper that like fell out of her pocket and yeah. he picks it up um and runs away with the paper with the yep. address yep and so as they had left and they they decide to go and get different clothes this yep. is the only time that you know pretty funny that you you see him all ripped they, and you see and that's the only thing it mentions of him getting kicked by a horse because yeah. he has a hard time taking off his well there is that moment where he like break they're trying to break into the frat boys place oh. and he's like i'm sorry i got kicked by a horse tonight yeah so but that that scene is pretty amazing because they are dressing like like uk united kingdom f boys is like the best i don't i don't want to swear on here but the F word and then boy, you know what an F boy is? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of how they're, both of them are dressing. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, previous to that, they were dressing really classy. Yeah. And then they dress classy again later on, yeah. but they, they were like, they're like middle-class people. And then they start dressing like they make $5,000 a year. Do you think they got their clothes at the Seven Eleven or whatever? Yeah. So that was pretty fun. They're talking about, like, what should we do? Should we go to this address? Should we not go to the address? And then they and just... this whole time, another thing, that kind of little thing that happened is they, when they're at the restaurant, she, they get a call from a detective. 
Oh, right, right. And throughout it, they keep seeing unknown caller, and they assume that it's the cops, and so they ignore it every time. Yeah, that's right. Like, Lonnie answers it the first time. Yeah. And then Camille's like, Jabron's like, hang up. Yeah. You gotta hang up. And then Jabron starts getting the calls, and yeah. then he's not answering. Yeah. That's right. So then they get to the frat boys' house. They're like college kids. They're all boys, though. They all yeah. live together. And they are filing pictures is what it looks like and they're kind of putting them in folders doing this work they thought nobody was home so they break in and then they we see all of that that yeah. they're in there and listening they, to like bro music <laughs> it's pretty funny it is and then who's the guy mustache no the the kid they question they call him mr hipster yeah i know that but i'm just trying to think they're the actress Oh, no, it's Moses Storm. His name's Steve. Moses Storm, is that? Okay. This kid? Yeah. So what about him? I was just saying, he, they, that's kind of the big part of this. Um, this little, this, this section where they learn more about what's going on. Yeah, they like beat him up and get more information like where did you get these pictures you know who do you send them to he's just like i just send them we don't know where the pictures come from yeah and so and they're like the reason this part's a little bit funny because they're trying to be scary both of them yeah, and yeah. they're doing a terrible job of it they're just that's cussing like, at him the whole time that's like us we're the two scariest dudes in the entire world carlton and austin coming at you with our spike freaking Leather jackets. Yeah, and neither of them are intimidating by any stretch of the imagination. So that's what's a lot of the, the comedy there is them trying to be intimidating. Nothing funnier than describing comedy. You know, that's our jobs. <laughs> we are comedy describers. That's true. <laughs> um, this scene where I was talking about was kind of crappy action. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Steve and the two are like fighting him yeah, and it's very choppy and all over the place. But there's some really great background stuff happening in this scene where mustache comes in and then starts like shooting people up. Oh yeah. It's just all background stuff. Like it's even blurry, but it's so great because now you're paying attention more to the background and the front because the front, they're just questioning at this point. They're just Mm -hmm. asking what's going on, like where these pictures come from, blah, blah, blah. But then you see mustache killing people. And uh, they hear it, and then they hide. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the frat boy scene. Yep. This movie is a hard R. I'm just going to say it. Like, Don't watch this movie with kids. There's a lot of F-bombs. A lot of F-bombs. A lot of violence. There's some sex. So it has it all. Yes. If you're real, But if you're looking for a spicy weekend, this is, this this is, film. This, this is the spicy weekend you are looking for. So they they end up leaving the apartment because they, they hide in the closet for a second. So yep. they overhear Mustache trying to make him plans. Yes. So they know that he's supposed to take care of the frat boys or whatever. Yeah. And then they leave, but he notices the broken window and notices because they forgot to, of course, they forgot to close the closet where they're yeah. hiding. And he starts chasing them. At that. No, he doesn't chase no, them. No, he just kind of looks out the window like, oh, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. Um, at this moment, then they're trying to figure out like, okay, we got his phone. Let's try to just unlock it. They try it, you know, with some common passwords. They try some common passwords. Um, I like his, 
This part makes me laugh because he's like, what are some common dates? 1776, 1492. <laughs> and then he's like, oh man, we're going to get locked out. And she's like, stop trying it. Um, there is a guy that Leilani works with that they bring up throughout the whole movie and Camille hates him because he's attractive, he's the best, and he thought that Leilani was falling in love with, with him a little bit. Yeah. So then she brings him up like, hey, he works in IT, he can break into this phone, let's go to the party, and Camille's like dragging a seat like, no, I don't want to see that guy. Of course an IT guy would know how to break into this phone. Like kind of mocking him, and then they go to the party to find out if he can do it. And he's like, "Yeah, I could totally get into that phone." Yeah. <laughs> and the whole time they're because they're obviously because there's a couple times throughout it where they'll be like on a bus or something, and you'll see the news story is going on. Yep, and it's very vague the whole time, but they did a good job of that. That's uh-huh. one thing they did. Like for what it is, they did a decent job with the mystery. Yeah, I agree. I I didn't really know what was gonna happen. Like the huge cult thing was. A big surprise. Yeah. So quite interesting indeed. Um, so they go to the party and they play this off like Camille's like, oh, I just got a new phone. I forgot my password. Yeah. Can you break into my phone for me? I think one of the things is uh, I hit my head. I can't remember my password. I got to get a hold of my doctor. Oh, wait, I can't call my doctor because I need to get into my phone. <laughs> That's the whole joke. He's and it's like, so oh, awkward. Wait, and it's great. I, I can't call my doctor. <laughs> got to get my phone. So then they ask him, like, can you break into my phone? And he's like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's little moments like this that happen throughout it. They're, it. It's fairly subtle. This one's a little more obvious more than anything. But as he's breaking the phone for um, Camille's character, Jabroni. Yeah, Jabron. Jabron, yeah. Um, he mentions how he thinks he's great because Leilani talks about him all the time. Oh, work. yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where he, I mean, he looks over at hers. It kind of yeah, it's a sweet moment because then the the guy, the IT guy's like, "Oh, really? Like she talks about me a lot? That's weird because she talks about you a lot." And he's like, "Oh, like that's when he, you know, he looks at Leilani and kind of is yeah. like, oh yeah, that's a sweet moment." There's a bunch of those moments that happen through this, and like though they were breaking up, it's something like this that sometimes. Um, relationships need to kind of spice up their their love life i think i wrote that yeah i'll i'll read that at the end but uh oh i wanted to talk about this real quick um you know how um in jurassic world the first one they were talking about how dallas howard is that her name bryce dallas howard bryce dallas howard was uh walking a lot in her heels and she was like running away from from dinosaurs in her heels they kind of have the same problem in this movie. She is running in those heels a lot. And Brittany brought that up. She's like, how is she running so much in those heels? Yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. I thought I had to. You know, we're, we have a heel guide here, okay? And if you're running through action and you're wearing heels, then you got to take those bad boys off or get different shoes. I think she ends up breaking them later. But the heels do come back. She, like, tries to break the window with them. That's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, when they're trying to get the frat boy because that's yeah. where they, have, they have a fight. Because he's, she's like, you need to break in there. He's like, the guy who just got hit by a horse. He's like, and you got those uh, window breakers on your heels. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's like, there's a little small moment there that um, she says that they're her date shoes because she ends up trying oh, to like yeah. kick through the window instead of like taking it off to break it. Yeah. She tries kicking it, breaks the bottom the one. The heel. Um, and she says they're her date shoes that she specifically bought for, for him. The date, yeah. Yep. 
and she, he's like, oh, you bought day shoes for me, huh? Yeah, that's a, you're right. Another good moment. Yeah. I think when they're, like, changing to, that's a good moment. Like, she's looking at his chest. Yeah. Kind of more romanticizing that. Anyways, so they break into the phone. They open, there's, like, one app on the screen, and it's a QR code, yeah. essentially. And it has an address saying, be in, you know, black tie. It's a black tie event. Yep. So yes. they ask the friends, like, hey, do you have clothes? Can we put some clothes on? Like, do you have some nice clothes? And... They're like perfectly tailored clothes. To yep. But man, do they look good. They do look good. Again, if I could just rub my hands all over Camille's hairy body, <laughs> I would like to be the opposite. I would like to be the Velcro to his hair. <laughs> Never rip off. I think Camille has transformed into... One of the most, the one of the most beautiful men in Hollywood, one of the most funniest men, one of the funniest men in Hollywood. He has became um, someone that we can relate to uh, because we all grew up in the Middle East. <laughs> and, um, anyways, just call me Camille's Velcro. What is happening? I don't know how to. I. I have no words. My dad listens to this podcast. Yeah, he loves it. Good. I don't know if he loves it or not. Um, I'm sure (laughs) children listen to this. You guys can ask your parents about what what I just talked about, okay? When it comes to... Listen, when it comes to your life, you sometimes see people that are attractive. And sometimes they are the same gender as you. And sometimes you just got to kind of announce that to the world. Just own it. Just own it. It used to be Brad Pitt is starting to become Camille. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm trying to think of the most recent one because Michelle and I always talk about. There's a bunch, right? Yeah. Uh, Kevin James. Great example. <laughs> what? Adam Sandler. These are all men crushes. Really random sidetrack, but did you see, I don't remember what the movie's called. It's like a R-rated Home Alone but it's a girl, and Kevin James is a Nazi in it. <laughs> what? And he looks scary. It's I gotta weird. Look this up. I can't remember what it's called now. I'm gonna look it up. Anyways, I think I have heard of this. It's supposed to come out this year, right? Yeah. Oh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, is it called Becky? Yes. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Yep. He's a Nazi in it. Yep. He's got a big old beard. Yep. She's covered in blood. It's a teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father takes a turn for the worse when a group of convicts wreak havoc on their lives. Yeah. <gasps> Joel McHale's in it? Man, I need to see this. I can't think of this. When does this come out? I don't remember. I just remember seeing a trailer for it. Maybe it's going to suck. Probably. It doesn't look like it's going to suck. Look at it. It looks kind of yeah. fun. <laughs> looks fun. In a, you know, in a horror kind of way. Yeah. Who's the director's um, little tangent? Oh, the guys who did Cooties. <laughs> uh, Since we know what that is. I actually have heard of Cooties. It's like a zombie. Uh, it has oh. Elijah Wood in it. I actually. Rain Wilson. Yeah. And then Bushwick. And that has Dave Bautista. They work with a lot of famous actors. Yeah. Not big movies. Anyways, anyways, what were we back talking? to Lovebird. Oh yes, I don't the, remember the wash abs. Or the, oh, because we were. Yeah, yeah, okay, I was like, Camille. how do we get on this? So, 
So they get into the phone, they go to the event, and they get to this event. So this is very reminiscent of um, Tom Cruise movie. Gosh. Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, it's uh, Eyes Wide Shut. I'll show you oh, a picture. Eyes Wide Shut. I've never seen Eyes Wide Shut either, mostly because if you, this scene is very reminiscent of Eyes Wide Shut, but think of this scene through the entire movie. Like, it's very sexual. It's very cult-like. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I think I would need more. It's Stanley Kubrick's last movie. So, eyes wide. Anyways, so they get there. They say it in the movie. Camille's like, this is, like, are we in eyes wide shut right now? He does say that. Yeah, right here. Eyes wide shut. Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise. Uh-oh. Slightly bumped it. Oh, I wondered. I'm like, I think I felt it. Is it working? Yeah, you're good. So, they get in. Actually, Eyes Wide Shut and this movie are very relatable because Tom Cruise and Nicole Kimmon are also breaking up, but they're kind of finding love again. So here's one of the scenes in Eyes Wide Shut. You see how they're wearing the masks. Oh, of course. And it's kind of a black tie event. Hold on. Is it not working again? Yeah, what happened? Go ahead. Hello, hello, hello. Okay. So here's like another very, very similar. What the heck? Yeah. I mean, they, it's a ripoff. They, it's a parody, I guess is the best way to say it. Oh, okay. But they're wearing like plague doctor masks in Lovebirds. Yeah. So, yeah, they get to this black tie event. I wanted to say, um, I wrote, during this moment, I wrote down, the world building in this is incredible. Like, the mask scene is a key element of that. I felt like... In general, the world building is very good uh, with like these mayors and these higher up people, billionaires, millionaires, whoever, rich people. and Yeah, because uh, masks are, as you kind of mentioned before, the mayor of e- the the person that Edia works for has a mask at the beginning. Yeah, and it's a different one, which was weird. I didn't know. He must be at a different rank even in yeah. the cult because everyone was wearing the same white plague mask. Uh, plague masks. That's what those are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those... Um, so they, plague doctor, plague doctor masks, they were all wearing them, um, except for like Camille and Leilani also. Yeah. They were kind of wearing a different one too. It's not a big, it looked like it wasn't a big deal if somebody else, if you were wearing a different mask, but, um, and then you kind of find out like they all get in a stage or they're at a, they're at a stage. Looks like some like live performances, like a theater or orchestra or something like that and they're all watching the stage and they get numbers called everyone has like a number for like almost auctioneering yeah it's an auctioneering paddle with numbers on it and then they're like drawing numbers from the from like a bingo style cage pull out the number and then if that number if your number gets called you go down and then they're like what is happening and then you find out it's like an orgy that you just watch on stage (laughs) And there's a little bit of a, a full circle like joke from the at the very beginning because he, he asks her if they want to have sex or whatever. And she's like, well, way to make things spicy by planning it out. And he's like, and then they, they get on the topic of orgy at the beginning. He's uh-huh. like, yeah, I bet you know, all those people have a Google Calendar event for this. <laughs> they forgot about that. And then, connect that. And then in this scene, he says, if this is planned, like he makes a joke of how it's planned out and still like enjoyable, whatever it is. Yeah, like, I just I thought this this scene is interesting and it, it's very sexual but I gotta say the 
that world building again is real interesting to me. They they like all wear the same masks. They have these rules and they they n- know what they're getting into. Whether you're going to be called or you're not going to get called, but either way, like you're going to be in front of all these people. And and this whole movie actually is just surrounded by this scene, right? Like because we find out that they're taking pictures of the people here and the people on the bike, the guy on the bicycle was really just delivering the pictures to blackmail people. Yeah. And, and so that's why, I mean, yeah, you find that earlier. I don't remember the exact scene, but you find out mustache. Oh, you don't find out how mustache is involved until later. Uh huh. But bicycle guy, and the frat boys, bicycle guys involved with this cult. Like he's in the, it or something. Yeah. The cop was, ta- he's the one taking pictures. He's in the party and he's the one taking the pictures. Because he's trying to get money from the higher-ups. Okay. And the, the, the bicycle guy was just a deliverer. Deliverer. Oh, okay. That's I don't know why they end up killing him. Um, yeah, it doesn't say that. It doesn't... Yeah. I think it's just because, like, the, the bicycle guy died. And, so. and But the mustache guy says he was just getting greedy. Oh, that's what... It, they were partners. There was yeah, a okay, partner. Yeah, okay, that's what it, partner. The bicycle guy was the partner, and he was making more money, and that... He was taking more money, and that's why yeah. he killed him, so he could just do it himself. Gotcha. That's, that's what exactly it what it was. Okay. So, I'm using my hands a lot. I'm, like, pointing at Carlton. <laughs> that is right! <laughs> if you could see me right now, I am pointing so hard. Oh, there is a camera. Yep. I am pointing so hard. Weird angle, but you can see it. That's so. a, a terrible angle. You see my double chin. <laughs> okay. So, but they... They get this, busted by the yeah. police. Well, they first, they get busted by the, oh, the right. cult first. So funny. So This scene is funny. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> so this is what happens. They're like, we have some we have some unwanted guests in the room. And Camille and, and Isa are like, oh, who could it be? Oh, no, who are they? And then the, the main guy up on stage is like, all right, we're going to remove our masks on the count of three. And then, you know, when you really, and then we'll kind of, that will, that's how we'll know. So they, on the count of three, they remove their masks, Camille and Isa, and, and, uh, they're the only ones to remove their mask. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh crap, oh no, we're in trouble. And then the cops show up. Yeah, because it was weird. Saved by the, the bell. Yeah, because they like, all like start converging on them, like, uh-huh. what are they going to do to them? Yeah. And then, like, an alarm goes off or something like that, and all the police come in. Yes, that's right. And then they get arrested, but then they're not really arrested. This is the scene I don't love. Because they get off too easy, in my opinion. You know, like, they still ran from a crime scene. Yeah. And the so what happens is, like, they see... They, they get arrested. They're kind of in an interrogation room. And uh, Leilani and Gibran are in there, and they're, like, just, like manic and and going nuts about what's happening how they're going to answer these questions they didn't really murder them all those things but then the police officer comes in and is like no you're fine you're good we're not arresting you we're we want you to help us well they're i mean the reason they're calling the whole time is not to arrest them anyways they're yeah. trying to get their their, their statements yeah so, but i mean it's a cop-out right yeah. it's a it was kind of like an easy way of of writing themselves out you know like one thing this really is the only problem I have with the movie, but I think this movie is is well written. But like, look at a movie. I've been watching Toy Story a lot lately because my daughter loves it. She watches all four of them. Just whatever she says it the, by the color, right? Each on Disney Plus, they're kind of color coded. Like oh, okay. the red one is Toy Story two, the blue one is Toy Story one, the purplish one is four, and the green one is three. So she'll say Toy Story Green for three oh, gotcha. or whatever. But 
what I'll say about Toy Story is they're really good at writing themselves in corners and then writing themselves out of corners, right? So, like, a great example of this is when uh, um, Buzz Lightyear gets pushed out the window. You know, like, they write themselves in a corner there. It's like, well, where do you go with that next? And then, oh, what if Woody then saves him because he's kind of getting peer pressure yeah. to save Buzz? But then they go on this huge adventure to Pizza Planet, right? Then they, Buzz is still kind of in this space mode. Yeah. And he, like, still wants to be doing these space. He sees a spaceship and he uh, goes in the spaceship. Again, riding themselves in a corner. And then how do they get out? Well, of course, Sid saves, you know, Sid gets them. And you see this a lot in all the Toy Stories. You'll see it a lot. Like, they write themselves in corner after corner after corner, but they're so good at, like, manipulating the audience thinking like how that really, how are they going to get out of this? I think lovebirds takes an easy way out. And yeah. The, I think the writers do. They're just like, yeah, they're audience. You know, they, they saw it and it's like, if this was real life, they really would be in huge trouble. Yeah. Not as big a trouble as actually committing the murder, but the fact that they flee the they, scene, they flee the scene and that would like take up a lot more time. But you know, in this, they're like, no, you're good. Yeah. And I, you know, they got to keep that hour 30 minute. Yeah. Mark is really what it is. But I think it would have been interesting to see something else happen here. Yeah. But the police officer is like, no, you're good. Or the detective is like, you're good. Uh, just help us now go to the next thing. Yep. So we're going to take you home, rest up. I have, we have a police officer here who's going to take you. So they go and then they find out it's mustache as who takes them home. Who is actually a cop. Who is who actually was, a cop. Yeah. He's just a dirty cop. Yes. Who is trying to make money by going to these events and selling pictures because they don't pay enough as a cop. So then uh, mustache zip ties them. And uh, there's like an, uh, there's a scene before this where they talk about cigarette lighters. And they're like, why do they still have cigarette lighters in cars? Nobody smokes in cars anymore. There's kind of like a back and forth chemistry thing yeah. going on. Who cares? Because... They use the the cigarette lighter to get them out yep. of the zip ties. Again, I think they wrote themselves a little off, like easy. Uh, cigarette lighters aren't in cars anymore. Like the cars they are in are newer cars, yeah. and they wouldn't have cigarette lighters yeah. in them. There's no way. But it's it's, it's a cop car, isn't it? It is a cop car. So, but I guess it, it depends it's on the pretty. Car. It was still pretty new. They haven't put cigarette lighters in cars since the year 2000. That's probably true. I don't know. I don't know when they stopped, but yeah. it's fine. It's it's not a big deal because honestly, the whole ending is a little blah to me. Yeah. Except, except the very, very end. Except for the very, very end. But yeah, the whole, I mean, it was a very predictable twist. Mm-hmm. It was felt weird that she would be confident enough to, because she ends up shooting the the guy. I mean, she doesn't kill him. Yeah. But then they get like in the argument, which I really liked. That was one thing that I do like about the ending is they get an argument to get him, get her to shoot him. Right. So they're like, you don't even have the, I don't know what they say here exactly, yeah. but they're like, you don't have the balls to shoot him. And then he, she's like, I do. I can shoot him if I want. He's like, yo, you'll miss and hit me. And they're going back and forth. It kind of, you know, uh, uh, distracts the police officer. And I'm using my hands a lot. Why is that? And the thing I Carlton, do like about tell this, me, why am I using my hands? I don't know. You're just excited. What I, I do like, I like about this, this is the one, two, three. It's a you did it. Didn't mess it up. Oh, I did it. <laughs> oh gosh. 
anything? A little bit. Oh no. Oh no. Hello, 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 hello. I might have to fix that. I'm so sorry, everyone. Okay. Okay. Oh, we're good. And make a mark. Okay. Um, and action. <laughs> is it happened? This is the, I think this is the third time it happens where he says one, two, three. And they, yeah. every time it's, it's a good miscom- it's, it miscommunicated the, the other yeah. two times. And this time he says one, two, three. And he does, I don't remember what he does exactly, but he gets out of it and she's able to shoot him. Yep. Because the first time is like to run away. The oh, second yeah. time is to run away still, but like they both messed up. The first time, like, Leilani messed up about running away. The second time, like, Camille messed yep. up about running away. And then they he, figured it out the yeah. third time. Because the second time's in the barn when they're, um, where he gets kicked by the horse. And it's, he thinks it's to fight. She thinks it's to fight, but he's to run away. Or reverse, I don't remember. Yeah, it's something like that. Something like that. But yeah, on this time, he does one, two, three, and it, it works this time. Exactly. Okay. They uh, shoot him. He dies. He doesn't die. She knocks. They so he comes back on the boat and they knock him out because they. The only reason I know this is because when they're sitting in the ambulance, the detective comes and says, "We caught, we caught him." You see him on the stretchers. They go by. Oh right, right, right. Um, and this is another callback. They they do a decent job with some callbacks here. Yeah. Uh, the first date, um, he makes some faces. She says, "Is that your uh, you want to kiss me face?" He says, "I don't, I don't know." He's like, what, what's your I want to kiss your face? And then that's how they kiss on the first date. And they have a similar moment like this in the back of the ambulance. Yeah, that's right. And then they say, have you ever made love in the back of an ambulance? Yeah. And they, that's the end, isn't it? And it cuts to one year later. Oh, one year later. That's right. And they're on the Amazing Race. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> and they're fighting the whole time in the best way. Yeah, in the best way. Yeah. And honestly, I turned to Brittany and I was like, I was like, they would be on the Amazing Race because it's a it's a, a black woman with a Pakistani man. Like they're diverse, they're young, they're attractive. Oh, that's how Amazing Race is always like that, huh? Yeah, Leilani's hair in this, uh, Isis's hair in this is amazing. It is. The dreads are the it's not dreads are like braids, but it's they like, are so yeah. cool. They're like red. It's and almost like super long yeah. and yeah, her hair is so cool. It is really cool. Um. Oh, yeah. I wrote this. I wanted to read this. And then we can go over Austin's notes and some final thoughts. And Kind of, uh, I mean, we could talk about this, but I, I kind of said, like, Lovebird, this is why I like this movie. It Like, this movie is about finding love again, right? And and remembering why you fell in love in the first place. Uh, and sometimes it takes a murder to get to that spot. But, like, I kind of talked about this earlier. But, you know, like, this movie... Um, Sometimes you just need something different in your life to mm-hmm. fall back in love with the person that you've been together with for so long. And I, the message is really clear in this movie. Yeah. And that's why it didn't feel muddled or, or over-exaggerated. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, no box office, blank check box office, because there's no movies coming out, and this movie came out last weekend. And there were. I mean, I looked it up. It's like a horror movie, right? The first yeah, I don't one. know any of these. Yeah, I, I'm not going to do it. We can no. talk about it. What is, I mean, number the one's first? The Wretched. Yeah. Which I assume is a... All these movies the are... The numbers just, are all bad because... Yeah, it's like 600,000, right? Yeah. These movies are doing okay. Like, they're not doing okay, but The Wretched would never have made money. But because they're playing it at drive-ins, I guess, is what is, what is oh, happening. Oh, gotcha. I was reading about it. Because, yeah, number one's The Wretched. Number two's We Summon the Darkness. Number three, How to Build a Girl. 
Number four, the trip to Greece. And then number five is the true history of Kelly Gang. What the heck? I never even heard of any of these. Yeah. Yeah, it's there are a lot of like drive-in style movies, I think. Gotcha. Um I don't know. I'm trying to find a red box. Oh, I didn't do two truths and a lie. Two truths and a guy. Dang it. Oh. I forgot about that. I'll do it next time. <laughs> We're going to start recording less. Uh, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Audience. Hey, we're going to record less. It's not going to affect you any, but. <laughs> uh... Did you say red box? Did I say, for what? I assume you meant letter box. Did I say red box? I, think I meant so. letter box. <laughs> That's funny. Overall, though, I enjoy this. For me, just in my taste, it, I think it could it, it felt the f words felt excessive. There's a lot of swearing in this, and this movie's not meant for children. Yeah, uh, that is true. A lot of people on Letterbox don't like it. I think they don't understand. I I think this movie is better than people are saying here. Like people are like, this is quite honestly the worst movie I've seen this year. Generally, awful dialogue, plot points, usually the worst screenplay of the year. Who cares? Like, this movie's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, like. It's a lot of fun. We see a lot of rom coms, and this is one of the better ones. I've oh, seen. yeah. There's a lot worse movies out there. Uh, yes. Okay. I like this one. Okay. This is from Mike. He gave it two stars. Didn't love it, but whatever. He said The hardest I laughed is when they showed the pan full of cheap CGI oil and bacon. Insane they did that. Meaning, like, why did they just use real bacon? I didn't even... I didn't realize it was CG. Me but, neither. Yeah. Must have been. Thanks, Mike. There wasn't a lot of comments. Because, uh, I don't know. Enough with leaving bad improv in films. Is, that's what Andrew said. Bad improv? Oh, this guy... Oh, I like Denzel's. Denzel says, Breaking up over a fight that started with Could We Win the Amazing Race is so authentic. That's how it starts. I forgot. Yeah. That's what it is. Is it starts with the amazing race and then yeah, ends there. Anyways, who cares? Go, you know, watch this movie. I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, anything else? You want to plug anything? You have a lot of projects going. I do. Not this time. Okay. Uh, follow me on Twitter, a Muggleston zero five. Carlton, do you want to say you follow? No. No. Uh, follow us on the social meds at romcom dudes uh visit our website www.romcomdudes.com uh leave us a five-star review please on itunes that would be amazing we have plenty of listeners it'd be great to be five stars what's up i just thought of something oh tell me this is not our first time filming but this will be our first episode where we have so hopefully you'll see some we'll have some clips that you can share with friends besides just this episode yeah yeah that's i forgot about that well, I'll after this episode we'll talk about should I release it this Monday or if I should release yeah. it next Monday. Anyways, um and uh, as always, the amazing race with your significant other would probably be a huge headache. 